And then he came in and shut the door. For a split second, I thought he was there to see if I was okay. Helped me up, got me up, whatever it was, um, started kissing me. And then it was just, you know, lots of no's, lots of, you have a girlfriend, I'm on my period, I'm drunk, like all the reasons why no. And then it was like, I, at some point I gave up, you know, and um, I left my body, you know, I completely left my body. Welcome to the Secret Life Podcast. Tell me your secret. I'll tell you mine. best way to support the show is to subscribe and share. If you haven't left a review or ratings on iTunes, please do. It helps more people find our show. And if you want to be on it, please shoot me a note at secretlifepodcast at iCloud.com. Welcome to the Secret Life Podcast. I'm Brianne Davis-Gant. Today, I'm pulling back the curtains of all kinds of human secrets. We'll hear about what people are hiding from themselves or others. You know, those deep, dark secrets we probably want to go to our grave with are those lighter, funnier secrets that are very, very, very embarrassing, really to how, what, when, where, and why of it all. Today, my guest is Emily. Now, Emily, I have a question for you. Yes. Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) (laughs) What is your secret? So my secret is that... I was sexually assaulted by an on-duty police officer when I was 16 years old. Wow. That's disgusting. That actually makes me very, very angry. But I have to ask these questions. A part of me like wants to go kill kill this person. I'm just going to say it. Yeah. So where were you? So... It was past curfew. I'm from Aurora, Colorado, which is actually kind of a part of why I'm bring, I'm talking about this today. Okay. Um, it was past curfew. I was with two other friends who were over 18. Mm-hmm. I was 16. We got pulled over and they checked everybody's IDs. There were two police officers in two different cars. Mm-hmm. Um, they checked everyone's IDs. They saw that I was 16 and I was out past curfew. And they had me get out of the car. Mm -hmm. The officer told my friends that they could go home, that he would take me home. And he sent off the other police officer. And he basically told me that this is protocol. This is what we do. I need to check you for weapons. And I was like, wait, that and like, it was just you and him and the other police officer. Everybody was gone. Everyone was gone. And you were on the side of the highway or wherever you were. We were in a neighborhood. Yeah, we were in a residential neighborhood. Oh my God. And I just, you know, he's authority and I'm a child. And so, of course, and I was terrified. Yeah. Um, uh, I was in trouble. I was getting a ticket, like, you know, and um, and so he, he leaned me up against his car and he felt me all over very thoroughly. It was sexual. Mm-hmm. He did not go under my clothes, but I, I, it, was, it was sexual. 
Yeah. And I was scared and I yeah. was, um, you know, alarms were going off. Then he popped me in the car and he drove me home and all the way home, he kept explaining why he did that. And I was, and I just didn't say anything. And I was just like silent. I can't believe and silent. I mean, I love how you just said silent because that's like the story of my life in this, in this, um, in this category Yeah. Because sadly, this wasn't my first time being violated. The time before that, I was 15. I was raped. What? Yeah. Where did that happen? So that one was, and the reason why I used the the police officer story as like the main thing that I wanted to talk about was because that's the most recent thing that's come out that I really do believe less people know about. The rape was that one... uh, so the timeline for that was, uh, I was 15 Yeah, and, um, I was at a friend's party and I got super, super fucking wasted. Right. And, um, we were playing drinking games. We were playing that game. I never, and do you remember that game? Did you ever play that game? I don't know. T- take me back. Yeah. So we called it, I never, some people call it never have I ever, but the, the drinking game is you say, I never and then you say something that you've never done. And if you've done it, then you drink. And if mm. you haven't, then you don't. And so for me, the name of the game at that age was like, how much can I drink? Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, any, you know. <laughs> yeah, 15. I remember like at a party, I chipped my tooth on the toilet. Like yeah. <laughs> you're, yeah. you're, you're, it just kind of goes with the age. But still, just because you were drinking underage for this to happen, it's just... It's just yeah. so disgusting. It's just so, yeah, it's so much. And don't they say know? one out of every three young girls are sexually assaulted? I have heard that and I believe it, which is so sick. You know, I mean, it's just, it's really, really sick. And I talk about it. I have been sexually assaulted too at yeah. a young age. So I'm, yeah. I'm feeling what you're feeling. So you're playing this game, innocence, you know, fun, drinking. Yes, underage, we all know, but it happens. Exactly. And um, it was actually, it it was Halloween, um, which is weird, but I was, it's like weird, but like where I, like at that point in my life, we weren't wearing like slutty, not that it even freaking matters what you're wearing. I know, but it's so funny you have to say that. But I feel like sometimes I have to say that, you know, like sometimes, but like I recently was talking to my husband about it. We're, um, we're writing something, Mm -hmm. um, that, that, uh, you know, is kind of autobiographical in terms of this experience that I had. Well, I love that you're doing something creative with it. Yeah. I mean, and when you say one in three, I'm like, this needs to be talked about. This needs to continue to be talked about because, because it wasn't talked about in my childhood, like in my life and, you know, um, at home, I don't even, I think, I think our teachers slacked on, on that one, um, as well, even health class, but like whatever, you know, but it was like, I was picking up everything from, you know, the music I listened to from my older friends And from, you know what I mean? And so it was like, uh, but yeah. And so we were playing that game Mm -hmm. and, uh, never, uh, I never, and I, the night before had had like, like a sexy dream about, about the guy. 
Okay. And I said, I've never had a sex dream about, and I said his name and I'm not going to say his name. Um, and we can talk about that if we want, but, um, and, uh, and, and then I drank. Can I just say though, I have to say, and I'm going to stop you for a second. I also didn't tell anybody for 15 years when I was assaulted and I still don't say the person's name. Isn't that crazy that we are still protecting the person that assaulted us? It's like, I, I just was having this conversation like literally four or five days ago with my husband. Cause we just get so deep about it. We mm-hmm. really are getting in there. And, um, you know, we, uh, I know, uh, and you probably know her too, there, uh, someone who, who came out recently, um, after yeah. 20 years mm-hmm. and it was mm-hmm. like, wow. And it was like, I had to really delve into, why am I not saying his name? You yeah. know, and I had to like talk to my therapist, uh, therapist about it for, you know, a full, you know, like we've been over it, you know, and it's like, and for me, I, God, it's so complex. Yeah. Really complex. I mean, and not only like, is it just hard to even like say his name? But it's um, it's hard to say the word rape, and it's yeah. getting easier for me only over the last couple of years. But I would stutter when I would say it, and then sometimes I just wouldn't say it, and I would use another word, you know? Yeah, I right? mean, I think the only reason we don't say the name is fear of retaliation, fear yeah. of the blame turning on us. If you were wearing a sexy costume, which you weren't, which it doesn't matter, like we said, but then also another part of me doesn't want that person attached to my story, even though he Mm -hmm. is attached to my story. Yeah. I think it, I think like at the end of the day, it, it makes, it gives him the power in some way. Yeah. Which, which like, if I keep him out of it, it just makes it about me and my experience. And and that's what I have control over. And, and I, I use the same term, like you were saying, protecting, mm-hmm. you know, like, why are we still protecting them? You know? And, uh, and I've used that before too. And I've gone over and over in my head and, and I've played it out to the nth degree, you know, like, it's like, what if I did, like, what if I just went on social media and was like, he did this, like, yeah. what would, at this point in my life, you know, like decades later, um, what would, what would be my real purpose for that? You know? Mm -hmm. Um, and, and for me, and because maybe you as well, like, because I'm an artist, like, you know, they're okay. So one out of three women has been sexually. Which assaulted. I actually think it's one out of two, honestly. It might be one out of, yeah. Like I, on because Instagram, we don't talk yeah. about it, you know? Yeah. So it's like, everybody's got their way, you know, that they deal with it, not deal with it when they deal with it, their time, you know, their time frame. Um, and then they've got their way of, you know, I mean, some women like, like I could have run out the door of that party after it happened mm-hmm. and gone, called 911 and gone and got the whole, you know, got the forensics done and got the, my pubes fricking combed through and yeah. had everybody, you know, had everybody at my school know, you know, because like, if I were to turn him in, then it would have turned into the whole thing. And, you know, and I was not 
interested in doing that to myself, to my family. Especially as a young woman. Yeah. And as a young woman, like you're so young to make a big decision like that. Oh my God. I have to tell you, a girl in my high school I was friends with, which I will never say her name either, but her best guy friend raped her at a party and she Mm -hmm. took him to court and it was so drawn out and so tumultuous that she, you know, started doing drugs and stuff. And I can't imagine what that did to her psyche, even standing up for herself, wearing that label as a woman is so daunting. Yeah. And sometimes we just brush it under the, the rug because it, first of all, it's so painful. It's trauma that we store in our bodies. We get like, you know, the scarlet letter. It's a number of reasons why we don't tell. Yeah. And sadly, you know, I, I mean, conversations like these can, I mean, like, do they, do they give people the courage to speak up or do they give people the courage to, or, you know, like to, to go about it their own way, which is also takes a lot of strength, no matter what, when you get, you know, when, when it's all said and done, we're all, um, you know, we've all found a way to tap into, our strengths and they may serve us for a certain amount of time, but usually they stop serving us (laughs) and can turn into addiction and can turn into self-loathing and self-worth and depression and suicidal thoughts and all that. But let's just go back to the party and then we'll get back to the police officer. I do want to go back to that, but okay. So you're at this party playing this game. Yeah. And so I said, you know, I said, I've never had a sex dream about him. And then I drank. And so everyone around the the table was like, oh, including him. He was sitting right there. Mm. And I was like, you know, just like, I like you. Yeah. And it was like, and by that point, I was um, like, I was a 40 in. And, uh, and so I was a 40 in, and then I went to go take a drink Mm -hmm. from like, which what I thought was mine, like to finish it off. And I Mm -hmm. drank out of it. And then I looked down and I saw a cigarette butt in it. And I, and I still have a, I don't know if I still have it actually, but like I, a picture was taken of me where I was like, my eyes were practically rolled in the back of my head. And it was about one minute before I went into the bathroom to throw up. Um, and someone snapped a photo and I, I still remember to the detail, you know, like down to every detail, like what, you know, my big baggy sweatshirt, my, like we had drinking hats that were like those like boat hat kind Mm -hmm. of things. And my eyes were just, and I was, I was, you know, um, and so I went into the bathroom and I was throwing up and, um, and one of my friends came in and was like, Hey girl, are you okay? You know, and I was like, and I was just puking in the toilet yeah. and then she left and then he came in and shut the door. And there were, for a split second, I thought he was there to see if I was okay. He helped me up, got me up, whatever it was, and, um, started kissing me, pushed me into the, um, laundry room that was attached. Mm-hmm to the bathroom. It was like a second part of the room. And I, maybe he shut the sliding door or something. I don't know. And then it was just, it was like, you know, lots of no's, lots of 
you have a girlfriend, I'm on my period, I'm drunk, like all the reasons why, no. Mm -hmm. Like he took out my tampon, tossed it in the kitty litter. Mm. And then it was like, I, at some point I gave up, you know, and, um, I left my body. Yeah. You detached. Yeah. I completely left my body. And I I did too. I like floated outside of my body. It felt like. Yeah. It floated out. And I, you know, I just, I remember the light on the ceiling. Oh my God. That's going to make me cry. You know, it was, yeah. Um, Yeah. And, um, I, cause I remember like just the sky and like watching leaves go like blow in the wind. So it's funny, like you just look up and you just like totally detach and just like focus on something else than what is actually going on. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so sorry. (laughs) Um, We're in it together. (laughs) We're in it together. Yeah. And, uh, and then, you know, and then he was out. And then I went back to the toilet and then my sister and my best friend came in mm-hmm. and they saw that I was like post-trauma, whatever I was, you know, there was blood because it was my period yeah. mm-hmm. and like the whole thing. And then they just, they, they took care of me and they, they were the ones that were the only ones that knew that for um, a long time. And it kind of trickled out a little bit over the years, but it was like, zip the lip, go on with, you know, just pretend like it never happened yeah. and just don't make eye contact at when you, you know, cause it was like, I mean, I, we still hung out for wow. that whole rest of that year and two years or whatever after that, like where I was just like faking it didn't happen. You know, I mean, I would never have been alone with him. It was always like, Oh, at this party where there's going to be a group there, but still that I would like continue to, you know, I mean, but I was a child. I can't be too hard. I was a child, you know, I I mean, you were coping as best as, as you could. Yeah. 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 Sadly, um, he, he may have gone on to, uh, do the same thing to Mm -hmm. others. Um, and I do know that he, he did, um, take a couple of virginities, and people who obviously didn't know, or had they known, then they never would have. But it was like, he was like the homecoming king, you know? So it was, it was just so, it, talk about like, you know, just seeing how things come out with these men in power. Yeah. And this is the small scale of it, but this was, I mean, it's, it, you know, that was my life, you know? But homecoming king at a high school is yeah. like, you might as well call him the president of the United States. Exactly. Like, like, that it's like is, that's the most yeah. powerful position. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, ugh, um, so I gross, know. you know, it's just like so gross. But, and then, and then he, he started dating, a, one of my friends seriously, who didn't know. And I was like, man, is this another one bites the dust? Do I have to? And I, and I told her, Oh, and what happened that, that was because they were like, they were kind of like falling in love at that point. And I was like, no. And, you know, and I told her and then she, it, from what I remember mm-hmm. is she broke up with him because of what you did to Emily, she said. And he's, and then they had some long talk that I never, un, that I never knew mm-hmm. what that entailed. And they ended up, um, staying together and he 
came to me and he said, why are you telling everybody that I raped you? And I looked at him for the very first time since before it happened. I looked him right in the eye and I was like, because you did. God. And that was so, you know, I mean, because of the way he approached it, he put it, he put himself in this position of power where it was like, why are you, you know, I mean, it wasn't because I've talked about, I've, I've gone over that too, where I'm like, he, you know, because then the conversation was him, him, he said that he was sorry. Oh. And, um, and so, you know, I went on with my life being like, he said, sorry, and I haven't fully forgiven him or I would be this, this or that, you know, I mean, I think when it all came to like a real major head, there were a couple Mm -hmm. instances. Um, One was uh, because after that, like I just disappeared. Like I went away to school and I just like was like, nope, you know? And, um, and, but there was one instance where it was in an acting class and I'd done like a, the scene from Thelma and Louise with the, you know, like the whatever. And, um, and they told me I have to redo that scene because I was, I was using humor to cover my sexuality, you know? And so I had to redo it and I didn't use humor that time. And for whatever reason, it opened up this whole, like this whole can of worms, which was totally like, I mean, I was with someone who I was very comfortable with. It was class. It was safe. I was on stage. There was no, there was absolutely zip of foul play. But for me inside, it was, it brought up so much about, um, about, uh, everybody's watching me. They're judging me. I'm a whore. There's something wrong with me. And now everybody can see it and I've done something wrong. And like, just all all came up. Yeah. And, um, and I was like, found myself in the fetal position in my, in my, um, Al-Anon sponsor's arms going through that like healing yeah, it's the slow process of healing when it finally that yeah. lid opens up, that trash can inside of us, that things just start spilling out. Yeah. And then I thought that I had made it to the other side and I did in some way, I made progress. Mm-hmm. But then um, when I um, had my, I had my little, I had my uh, two boys, mm-hmm. uh, the older one hit me a lot. And, and I made me very, very angry every time mm-hmm. he would hit me, but of course I would not hit him back. Um, but I would just feel so angry. And I would ask my husband, like, why aren't, why don't you get mad when he hits you? Like, isn't it? And it brought up all this stuff. And there was an instance that happened where I was nursing my baby mm-hmm. and my older one went to attack me because they, it was like, they got in like a little scut, like he hurt the baby and mm-hmm. I picked up the baby to nurse him, to comfort him. My older one kind of went after me and, and I, um, I felt like I was being attacked and I couldn't do anything because my arms were holding the baby. So I was stuck. Right. And, and someone had told me before that they said, you know, how did you feel? Stop and, and check in with how you're feeling like right after, you know, your kid attacks you, like check in with your feelings, just take a moment and, and a breath. And what came up for me when I, I made myself, I mean, I, I had to get out of there. Like I, my husband was taking a long, luxurious shower at the time. And when he came out, I was like, here's the baby I'm out. And I went in the car and I went to drive to Mexico, just kidding. But mm-hmm. like, I went to like 
drive. And I said, and I heard that voice that was like, stop, how are you feeling? And I was, I remember where I was at the light and everything. And it was like, that is exactly how I felt when I was 15 being raped in that laundry room. Right. I was stuck. Yeah. Can we go back to the police? Yeah. Yes. Yes. No, I just feel like that's all attached to like this stuck, this out of your control, other people taking advantage of you. And the, the disconnect with any instinct. Yeah. You know what I mean? Any, like being able to listen to that voice inside of you. I I did not have any instinct that I trusted. Mm -hmm. So that happened with the cop. And it was just, it was like a thing that happened that once again, I was just like, I think I did tell like some people, I was like, God, Ooh, you know? And then, and then literally I'm like, fuck the police was like the fucking song of the century, you know? I love that song. (laughs) And, um, and, and from then, Mm-hmm. until there were a couple of other things that happened with me and police. And it was, I got um, a failure to obey order from a police officer ticket like two years later. Mm. And it was like, and I just, I went, uh, I mean, I hated cops. Like I just joined in with, you know, with the all movement. that West. Yeah. With the movement, mm-hmm. you know, I joined in and I was like, fuck the police. I hate cops. And there was like, you know, the crew that I hung out with were all, you know, we like the cops were after us, you know, and, um, and it's like, so, you know, like, um, but, but, and I got a failure to obey order from a police officer and ticket. And then, and then when I went to court for that, uh, my friend's, uh, dad was my lawyer. And if this was all under the radar, I don't, I still don't think my parents know about this. And he was like, Emily, cause once again, it was like, I was wasted just wasted, just talking shit to the cops. Like, and he was like, if your parents saw what this police report said, I just don't know if they could ever look at you the same again. Like talk about shaming me. Yeah, totally shaming you. What was so weird was he was like, where would guys like, and he said the guy's name who raped me when I was 15. Where would guys like that be right now? If it wasn't for cops, you need to respect cops. And I was like, (laughs) you know, I'm just shaking my head right now. It's like, oh God. (laughs) I mean, you know, and, but once again, impressionable. Okay. All right. The cops are on my side. I get it. The cops are on my side. And, And then my relationship with cops was like, if I got pulled over, I'd just try to be cute and funny to get out of it. And sometimes it worked and sometimes it didn't, but it was like, But then the reason why it came up so much again recently, obviously, like, you know, so George Floyd was murdered on May 25th, I believe. And, and, you know, some days went by and then it was like, it just got so, it just got really, really dark and gnarly. And, and I delved really deep into the movement and educating myself and, you know, just, I had like a full spiritual awakening from that as I know a lot of people have, but I've had two. And one was, one was in 2010 and one was just a few months ago in June. And, uh, and one of the things was I had gone to this white people for black lives, um, meeting, like, uh, meeting, I guess, you know, on zoom, Mm -hmm. it was like, you know, anybody who wants to be a part of this movement come, you know, uh, listen to, come support, come listen to educate, you know, like that whole thing. And, um, and they talked about, how white people 
need to have a personal stake. In a matter of two days, I had read an article called Confessions of a Bastard Cop, and it blew my mind. And one of the many things that this cop confessed about what it's really like, I mean, the the details of like how they treat homeless people and like certain contests that they would have about like, you know, um, how many homeless people they could arrest in one day or, you know, like, and one of the confessions, my point is one of the confessions was, um, how, how they would sexually harass women, um, like on the reg, on the reg. And so, and then I had heard about Elijah McLean and the 23 year old boy from my hometown, Aurora, Mm. This took place in my hometown. And it just like, suddenly I was like, wow. And it was so deep because I I still, I had to talk it through with my therapist, you know? And I, he was like, tell me this, like the way he touched you, is it how they, they touch you when you are going through security at the airport? And I was like, no, was it sexual? Yes. Mm-hmm. Then you, Emily, you were sexually assaulted. Yeah. There is no ifs, ands, or buts about it. You were sexually assaulted by a police officer. If he would have had a camera on him. And as soon as he said that, like if he would have had a camera on him, I was like, Oh my God. Yeah. You know? And, um, and so I don't, I don't feel like I've had to tap into that like my personal stake yet, because the movement has, has just, um, become such a part of me. Um, but if ever, or or maybe it is, maybe, maybe it is a part of this whole thing, but, um, but you know, uh, yeah. Um, that's my personal stake in it. And, and because I wasn't, you know, one of the high class citizens, because I was, you know, I rolled with the, you know, the troublemakers. Yeah. And I guess I was a troublemaker myself because, you know. Yeah, but that still gives no right to be sexually assaulted. Exactly. You know? That's exactly. the whole point. It doesn't matter who you are, what you're, you come from, even what you're doing, what race, what gender you, it is not okay to take advantage of someone else, especially when you're supposed to serve and protect. Exactly. And that is those are the people they go after the most vulnerable. vulnerable. Yeah. And usually I like to go in with these stories, the seven deadly sins, but I really do not want to do that right now because you're yeah, owning sure. your truth and whatever this assault has, you know, happened in your life, you're on the other side of it. But I do want to ask, yeah. who do you think keeping the secret of the assault of the rape, who did it harm and who did it benefit? Oh, Um, so because I'm on the other side of it, Mm -hmm. like, like if you were to ask me that, like two years ago, Mm -hmm. I would have been like, I harmed myself. I harmed myself. And I, and I did, you know, I harmed myself. And anytime I denied your instincts or your truth. Yeah. Yeah. Which happened, you know, I mean, because that happened, it affected so many choices that I made throughout my life, big and small. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, 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 my self-esteem, I am going to be truthful. It harmed me. I had no self-esteem 
until honestly, until I was healed from this, which was two or three years ago now. My self-esteem was so low, I didn't even know it. Yeah. It was like you were living in depletion for so long that you yeah. didn't know you were depleted or something was t- robbed from you. Yeah. I, 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 my codependence was a, was a very clear indicator of my, where my self-esteem yeah. had been my whole life, you know? Um, so it harmed me, you know, it did. Uh, do I wish that my life was different today? No. I have a great life. I have a happy, healthy marriage with someone that I would never have met had I not been on this exact path that I've taken. I have two wonderful boys. Yes, I wish sometimes that they were girls. <laughs> I don't know. I don't want I did not want a girl. I did not. So I'm, I can't agree with you on that. Oh Girls God, are more so difficult. Girls, sometimes I'm just like, can we just not? Oh no, boys are crazy. They're crazy. But um, anyway, no, I have two incredible boys. I have a well to, you know, of, of emotions and experiences to, to bring to my art yeah. Um, and you're being of doing. service now, now yeah. with the Black Lives Matter and in you're putting your story out there. It's like mm-hmm. you have been on the other side. And that's what I always say. Sometimes yeah. we go through trauma because we're survivors. And those people are the most beautiful people to me, the survivors, the ones that have yeah. been to the darkest moments of humanity and are on the other side of it. Mm, I love that. I Yeah. Well, my last question, what my last question for you is, how are you going to move forward in the future? So um, I have a smile on my face. Oh, <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I am. So I, uh, I started doing, once I really healed from this, I started putting it into my art. And one of the things I did was I created a short film and mm-hmm. it's called Boy Mom. And it's based exactly on um, that experience that happened with my two boys when it all came back up. Wow. And, um, and so that's in the film festival circuit right now, actually. Um, it's at the Liftoff Film Festival until October 11th. And then it is um, going to be having its virtual premiere. It's already, at least I got to do a, a couple of film festivals of like red carpet and the oh, whole thing, you know, over Zoom. Got to do a couple of those, but yeah, there's going to be, so, so that was fun. And then the pandemic hit and now I'm doing, you know, I'll have my virtual premiere. Um, I don't know if it's LA Femme International Film Festival or La Femme. I, I've heard it both ways. One of the best things about it and the happy, and the thing that really made me smile the most is that, you know, my husband also found this experience of mine to be something worth uh, delving into. And we, um, cross your fingers, we, uh, we wrote a pilot and uh, it's getting, um, it's getting passed around all around town Good. right now to the highest bidder. So I want this to be a, a you know, I, it, it, we've got great um, visions and we've got plans and everything for this to be something that can be accessible to people when they flick on their, their television set, not network, but you know, um, because it's that important and however it ends up getting made is, is it will. 
you know, it's that important. Thank you so much for being on the show, Emily, and sharing your secret with us and being so vulnerable and open. Thank you so much, girl. You're so easy to talk to. I know you get it. I know you get it. And I just, I love hearing, um, I love hearing your podcasts. I think you're doing a really awesome thing. And thank you for letting me be of service. (laughs) And if you want to be on the show, please email me at secretlifepodcast at iCloud.com. Until next time. Thank you again for listening to Secret Life Podcast. Please subscribe, share, send me a note, and you can always support the show with a donation on our site, secretlifepodcast.com. Until next time, bye.